With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Williamson. This is Silver and Black Pride. This is our podcast Tuesday afternoon on the was it 19th of May. Got a special guest. Really excited to have it. A longtime friend, longtime co-worker, Mike Sando of The Athletic. Mike, how's it going? Thanks for being with us. Yeah, that's right. I uh, actually forgot about that. That wasn't what I was going to ask you about, but this is right. You, Mike, grew up in Sacramento, and we were you a season ticket holder in L.A. Uh, no, I mean I I had a neighbor uh, in Sacramento who, when the Raiders moved back to Oakland in '95, that had always been our dream. Like, hey, the Raiders are coming back because we were Northern California guys. And heck, I honestly, a season ticket, I got the. The one I got in the 300 level was $1,000 for the season. I'm 25 years old, Bill, and I'm not making hardly any money. I think I actually borrowed some money from my mom to, hmm. to, like, to come up with 1000 bucks, you know. Right. And I would sometimes – I was living actually in Washington State. I was working my one of my first jobs, and I would fly down. I'd get like a Southwest Airlines flight mm-hmm. as cheap as I could. I would actually fly down the morning of the game. One time I walked from the airport to the Coliseum. I would not recommend that. <laughs> and then uh, I can I see you doing that, by the way. Not, not have a oh, it was brutal hot. <laughs> we were the jokers, you know. But uh, I, yeah, I was a diehard fan, so you do anything, right? I, I just couldn't believe they were coming back to Oakland. It was so sweet at the time, and of course, kind of bittersweet now that they're not going to be there anymore. Right. So how many how many years did you do this? Ninety five, because you were on the. I did that. Go ahead. Uh, 95, 6, 7 were the years I had season tickets. And I remember our friend and one of my mentors at the time, Dave Bowling, who was on the beat, or a columnist actually at the paper in Tacoma where I was going to go cover the Seahawks. He's like, dude, you got to get those Raider stickers off the back of your car. I mean, you know, you're a pro now. You mm-hmm. can't be, we're not fans of the team. So you sort of learn how all that goes. You could never imagine when you're a fan that you could, be a, that you could not be a fan. But that sort of happens, you know, as you cover the teams more and you still, you know, have an affinity for those players that you covered or that you watched at when you were a fan. Right. The rosters are over now and, you know, I there's obviously nobody left from the, uh, you know, from those teams. <laughs> so that is funny. So you went – I was actually in the stands for the first game back in 1995 against – it was – was it the Chargers? Because they're – yeah, it was yeah, it was September third. It was day after my birthday. My wife, we've been married four weeks. She grew up a Raider fan. Her dad was an Oakland police officer. They had season tickets, and we were at this. So that's kind of wild that two guys that cover the NFL for all these years were at the same Raider game, <clears throat> and we had gr- not didn't even know each other. Um, in fact, we were our seats were just to the left of the black hole 
And I don't even know if it was, quote, the black hole then. Because this is the first game back. No, I don't. Yeah. And, yeah, my seats, I believe, were in Section 326 or something. It was, I think, on the later sideline, I believe. Yeah. We, uh, we drove. Uh, we were living in Ventura at the time. I was covering uh, local sports in Ventura County. And we drove up to Salinas because that was the closest place you can get tickets for Bay Area games. Because, you know, we wanted to be this first game back. It was an incredible moment. And really, that kind of sits with me as one of the, my remarkable games I went to as a fan, as most memorable. I think it's, you know, I'm a huge San Francisco Giants fan, and I went to game seven of the NLCS in 2012. And that will always be it for me, you know, I think. That will be the, the ultimate. Um, but that was right up there. I mean, that was – a has to be the most memorable of your three years stint as a season ticket holder. Oh, yeah, because that we realized the team wasn't very good, you know, and yeah. they went through coaching changes, and it was a, ultimately a disappointment until, you know, Gruden got there and they really got it going and went to the Super Bowl. But, uh, yes, and I can remember, see, I, was, I had moved away from California. I was living in Washington State at the time, and the Internet was in its very early stages, and I actually became part of a Raiders fan sort of internet mailing list thing it was a, it was a group called ORIB Oakland Raiders Internet Boosters mm. and that's it was all the community we could find I was scouring anything I could find online about the team uh, and any sort of a community and so I was actually part of that group we would tailgate uh, meet there in the parking lot tailgate you know for, for those uh, years and definitely very memorable I wish we had pictures from that you know didn't have the phones that took the pictures. I'm sure there are some, but I never got any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I went to a few games that season, and then I think I went to three. I think there was a Seattle game and then a Denver game on Christmas Eve. And then I think that was it for me because I started covering the league, you know, and I'd come in for games and, you, you know, meet with people. But, yeah, a lot of great memories. What are your, your thoughts of them being the Las Vegas Raiders? I know – that it's going to hurt some folks, but there's so many greater fans all over the country, and I think it's going to be so beneficial for the franchise, the organization, you know, making money, having a great stadium, having a great facility. Um, I, I think it's a good thing for the organization. Yeah, I, I feel like Oakland's the loser, and that, uh, I mean, that sucks for Oakland. Um, yeah. It's really not good for Oakland, obviously, but for the, the Raider sort of brand and fan base transcends it doesn't even need a city you know what i mean it's it really just, doesn't people say you're a raider fan they don't they don't even say you're in oakland or in la or a vegas fan. you're a raider fan. so uh, i think you know, most of them are undaunted and uh certainly it makes it a destination place to go if you're a raider fan now you can make it a vegas weekend trip and go to a game i think that's pretty cool because there's so many fans all over the country well, you you just said it twenty five years ago. You're flying in on game day. That happened all the time. If I I'm flying in on the game day to cover a game, no matter where we're going or where we're leaving, there are Raider fans on that plane, and that's going to be the case still. I mean, oh. you, you know, it's yeah. just the way it is. Absolutely, yep, no, completely. I hope for their sake. I remember those plane rides back after they lost. You know, and you're wearing all your gear and stuff, and it's like. You're all down, and they're getting harassed by some guy on uh, the Seahawks. <laughs> 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 Hopefully, they've got a little more success coming. Right. Hey, uh, 
You know, another thing I want to talk to you about, you know, in fact, like I said, I forgot that you're a Raider fan. So the first thing I was going to talk about was your experience with John Gruden. You have a real unique history with John. And unlike anybody else in the media, you were you closely worked with him, you know, when he was the Monday Night Football uh, color guy at, at ESPN. That was your role, right? You were there every Monday. Can you explain that a little bit? And we, you had covered the AFC West, I covered the NFC West, and then at a certain point they went to team-by-team team coverage, right, not, mm-hmm. uh, not just division. So at that point, um, I spun off into this role for ESPN Insider at the time, and so I was kind of like this you know, national columnist, ESPN Insider, and they really wanted to uh, make a connection, get John Gruden involved with the website. So they said to me, they said, hey, you want to tra- you travel with Monday Night Football and go to all the Gruden quarterback camps? I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to do that? So you get a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, airline fatigue because you're on the road 16 weeks out of 17. But for three, four years, I went to every Monday night game. I sat in on the production meetings with John, not the ones with the head coaches, but with, you know, where we would come up with the ideas for the, uh, you know, for the show. And you'd hear John would do these amazing breakdowns on all the teams. And, you know, of course, it was all kind of like, on background, off the record, to prepare the crew. Hey, I, this guy's really struggling. Hey, this guy. And I, I got to be a fly on the wall for that. Then the spring would roll around, and, and they would have these quarterback camps in uh, in Orlando. And it was down there by all the Disney stuff. So mm. um, I would go down there for uh, – it seemed like I would spend most of my March there. And so for whatever that was, maybe 2014, 15, 16, 17-ish probably, mm-hmm. um, I went to – probably every one of the quarterback camps. So I got to watch John watch the players, and he would come in at, like, it would still be dark in the morning, typical Gruden, right? Right. And, and then he would meet with these guys for four or five hours in the morning breaking down film. And I would sit in this control truck and watch the conversation. Now, they're, they're going to boil this down to 25 minutes of TV or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you're a fly on the wall for four hours of him just grinding on these guys, and then he would take, come out on the practice field after a little lunch and uh, throw the ball. And you'd have a bunch of players come in who worked out in there. You'd have Bruce Irvin or Santonio Holmes, these guys who were already down there. John would bring them in, and they would run routes and, and give them defensive looks. And it was just a, it was just a cool thing. You know, I think that series is going to go down as one of the great. I mean, I don't even know what. Just you know, mini docu series. Uh, uh, events covering the NFL and it'll never be the same because he'll you know he made it so special and he was into those things right I mean he was coaching those guys oh yeah yeah I mean remember at the time too he's out of coaching but he still has the coaching gene well, the sure. coaching itch, right so right. uh you know you, you ever can replace that when you're out of it you're close to the game you know you're breaking down the film you, but you're not really getting to interact with players in the same way. So anytime, it didn't matter who it was. It could be a guy who wasn't even going to be drafted. John would be totally into it. He would have watched all the college games. He would have talked to people. He would come in and know stuff about their high school careers. You know, just really, he couldn't get enough of it. So um, I always thought at the time, too, this would be pretty cool for him, you know, when uh, he does go back to coaching, because I always thought he would at some point. There's going to be a several-year period where he kind of really knows those quarterbacks. Yeah, and now he's got he's got two of those. Well, he's got three of those guys. He's got Carr, uh, Marcus, and he's got uh, Peterman in there. Um, and and was Kaiser? Did Deshaun Kaiser? Did he do one of those? Uh, 
He did. I yeah. got it on my screen here, Bill. March 27th of 2017. I've got my camp notes. I this is classic it. Sando, by the way, folks. I know. I'm ridiculously organized. It's funny. I opened this file. It's like, okay, 82%, 11 personnel, and of that, 70% detached from the formation. That's the type of stuff John comes into. You know, he's like, <laughs> and I would always, this is funny. I'm looking at my notes here. I would make it, it's kind of a running joke. Um, you know how when John would do those interviews, every once in a while, like, I, it would be like this non sequitur. He'd be like, do you like football? Yeah. Hey, you, you, love, you love the game? So I would, I would, Make notes on so my Kaiser thought I've got nine sixteen AM. Do you like football? Nine nineteen AM. Do you love football? <laughs> right. That's John, you know. He just Well that's what he's kinda of doing. You know, the Raiders put out when when they draft guys in the last couple of years, they 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 tape the phone call, and that's basically what he's asking these guys right before they draft him. Just making sure do you love football? Just to let them know, hey, this you're a Raider now. You got it. You know, this is I'm going to be bugging you about this. You got to love football. So that's totally believable. Is there um, I mean, this is the easy question. Is there something about the car memory of the of, of his quarterback school camp that sticks out? Oh, yeah. So, well, obviously, Carr can really throw the football, you know, just great talent for throwing the ball. And he uh, would have these uh, nets set up where the guys would throw into these nets, you know, and some guys do better than others. But He'd have a GoPro camera on there, and John would always razz Carr because he broke his GoPro camera on it. I mean, he really shined in that drill, you know, where it's just arm and accuracy, not a rush or someone hitting you. You're just firing into a net, and there was really probably no no one better. So if I look at my notes here, actually John would write a column off of uh, the visit that I would write it, but it would be sort of as told to. Right. The things that stood out were, you know, obviously the arm talent, his knowledge of the game. You know, I think coming up um, the way he did, football family, brother right. played. Um, you know, there. I think John had some concerns about he had some injuries at that point, which I don't think has been a problem to this part of his career. And he was really saying that the Texans, he thought the Texans should take Carr. He, he thought they, their best move would be pick Clowney first overall and find a way to get Carr the bat trade up into the back of the first round. He thought that would have been a home run for them. So, and it really, it really would have been. You know, it, obviously they have Deshaun Watson now, but in, at that time they really needed a quarterback, um, you know, to come in and and elevate them because they had that great defense. Yeah, I, I think that if David Carr wasn't ever a, a Texan, or obviously didn't have his struggles yeah. in number one pick. You know, the, the first yeah. face of the franchise, he, Derek Carr probably would have been drafted. I think they took a guard at 33 that year. A, yeah, I agree. I, I understand that whole thing, too. Yeah. You know, it would have been tough. So, yeah. You know, look, he's, it's been a tough enough time in Oakland with the stuff that Carr gets questions on, let alone if he was there. Every yeah. failure would be about his brother and all the things. Right. Last question for you, Mike, and I, I love this uh, segment. Thank you so much. Um, is there a moment of that quarterback class – of the years that you guys did it, that really, your, your memory that you can maybe share with people, I don't know, you, you know, is there just anything that, as you look back at that experience in your career, like, you'll always, that'll be your yeah. first thought? Yeah, I'll give it to you. So one was, uh, he was as excited or more excited about Carson Wentz as anybody that I remember him being excited about. And so John had been in Green Bay with Favre, and I think there was some of that sort of every man feet appeal of, mm-hmm. of 
Wentz coming from North Dakota State, being a big, strong guy, you know, who just sort of let it all hang out, wasn't afraid to take a shot and all that. Um, so that was that part. Another sort of funny story was, uh, you know, John's just in such demand. He's really a rock star. You can't walk across a parking lot without 20 people wanting to take a selfie and you know, you know what I mean? So right. any time you get with him is really precious. And, right. you know, I'm just a writer at ESPN. I'm not a – he's not going to be spending two hours with me, right? Mm-hmm. So, But but I'm trying – I need this sort of time with him. So anytime we had an opportunity to kind of talk and small talk, you take advantage of it. And as you know, as a reporter, sometimes you – I'd have a second phone there because sometimes if you're doing an interview, if you're going to be recording the interview, you might use it as a recorder, right? Mm-hmm. So. I had, I had like two phones in my hand. Well, we're just standing there small talking, and John would talk about the, the players, you know, his impressions or something. I forget who even the quarterback was, but the guy had two phones um, there, and, and John had no idea I had two phones in my hand, but John's like, he's just kind of small talking. He's like, hey, what's with the two phones? You know, who, who walks around with two phones? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, what was he? He's got secret deals going on the side or something? I mean, what kind of guy? And I'm like, it's sort of not in my head. I'm like, yeah, coach, I, I got no idea. I, I sort of slid the other, my second phone into my pocket, you know, and I kind of played it off and walked away. But it's just one of those funny moments where uh, I had to get a laugh, you know, trying to make a good impression with the right. coach, and he's busting on a guy who's exactly like me. Right. What I, what I appreciate about him is he, you know, you say he is a rock star, and it's because of that, you know, that, that, that just larger-than-life personality. But he is kind of regular, too, right? I mean – you can BS and bust yeah. chops with him a little bit, and he's just kind of – he's pretty yeah. hes pretty regular in, in, in his own way, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like one of the ways he said he's like a huge metal fan, huge ACDC fan. You know, his uh, – you know, maybe you've seen a couple stories about his uh, his driver, you know, his buddy right. who drives him around, who used to be the bus driver for a lot of rock bands. And so, yeah, Johnson, there's a – Definite, you can connect with him, you know. We're definite regular guidance to him, and and uh, you know, I think in those mo- if you can get him in those moments where he's not on just everyone pulling at him and and stuff, you know, it's a pretty cool thing because he's funny and yeah, busts on things and just so knowledgeable about the game. It's it's really fun. Cool. Well, folks, you just got an inside look at your coach. You got a memory of, of, from a twenty-five year ago season ticket holder. I don't know what else we can do here. Mike, great segment. Thanks so much for having us. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great. Thanks, Bill. We'll see you. Yep. Well, how about that? Was that awesome? I know it was awesome. You don't even have to answer. That was awesome. Mike Sandal, a longtime friend. Great job. Appreciate it. Giving you guys a little feel of the history of, you know, of the 1995 Raiders and then the current leadership. So thank you so much. We'll be back next week. This is Bill Williamson. This is Silver and Black Pride. This is our podcast. Love it. You guys take care. Talk to you soon. Happy Memorial Day.